here in Hayward is the world is hearing that God is changing lives. The world is seeing that we no longer have to be bound to our past, that there is a change available, that they're recognizing that it's possible to change, that deliverance and conversion is possible. They're hearing that there's something happening here in Hayward. They're hearing that addicts no longer have to be using drugs. <clears throat> They're hearing that convicts no longer have to be incarcerated. They're hearing that men no longer have to live by pride. You see, a lot of us have been victims. A lot of us have been victim of incorrect teaching. A lot of us were taught that a man ain't supposed to cry. A lot of us were taught that a woman had her place. But you see, the Bible tells us something else. And no longer do we have to be prisoners of that wrong teaching that we received in our past. We are able to be free today. We are able to be free today. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, my son Matthew was uh, elaborating on uh, 10 years ago, but actually 11 years ago I walked out of prison. And it was a, a, a bunch of years maybe before that, and uh, uh, I seen what I was doing to my son. He had his hair slicked back, he had his coat, coveralls, whatever, hanging down, and he had a cell phone on his hip, but back then they were about this big, you know. And, you know, he had a whole bunch of money in his pocket, and that was what I was showing him how to do. I was showing him how to be a criminal and how to be an outlaw. And all of a sudden, stuff started happening in me, seeing what kind of father am I? What kind of an example am I? If you're to look to me, what will you see? What kind of influence was I having on his life? And I seen that it was going to be my footsteps. So something started happening in my life that I need to change the way that I'm influencing not only him, but anybody else that I may have influence of. And I could tell in that courtroom, because my lawyer wasn't there, that I was about to get arrested. You see? And he could tell, too, my son was young, and you know they were bringing extra police into the courtroom. And I said, well, looks like my number's up. He said, Daddy, let's go. Let's go, Daddy. But at that moment, I seen that I had a chance to start changing the influence I have, that I need to show him that we're responsible for our actions and that we have to be responsible, good or bad. If we do bad, we have to ride the beef, amen? So I said, no, son, this is going to be the first lesson of many that I'm going to give you to change our lives. So I stood up and let him handcuff me. Not let them take me in. You see? So after that, and, and the long story short is, I'm standing proof that lives can change. I'm standing, I'm standing here today to let you know that you don't have to live like you used to. That lives can change. Mothers, don't give up on your children. Grandmothers, don't give up on your grandchildren. Wives, don't give up on your husbands. Husbands, don't give up on your wives. Nobody is past redemption. 
Nobody is past conversion. Amen? Okay. So what about sudden conversion? Can we get Luke 19, 1 up there to 10? 1 to 10? Luke. <clears throat> this portion of scripture will begin where Jesus had already heard that his friend Lazarus was, uh, they said, dead. Uh, Mary and Martha, his friends. And some people were already getting upset that he was taking his sweet time. But Jesus already knows about that the dead don't have to stay dead. He already knows that his father has all the power to change lives. But now he's on his way to go raise up his friend. But on his way, on his destination, he is still doing a lot of good deeds. And so here it begins when he's walking through the city of Jericho. It says he entered Jericho. What did he do? He entered. He was just barely coming into Jericho, and he was passing through. He wasn't going to stay there in Jericho. He had a purpose to do. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. What kind of tax collector was he? A chief tax collector. Who here likes paying taxes? It's tax time, correct? Who here likes tax collectors? How about the main tax collector? This guy was the main tax collector. Okay? In other words, he was the bad of the bad. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. He was what? Seeking. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, who's they? The crowd. Okay? When they saw it, when the crowd saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. They didn't want Jesus to go eat with a sinner. They didn't want Jesus to go eat with a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restored fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen? You're going to see a lot of things here, but allow me to hit on um, something that's going on today about conversion. The possibility of conversion or sudden change. is one of the most relevant topics in almost every area of human endeavor. Right now, all over the world, they're talking about conversion and if it's possible, and not only if it's possible, how to do it. Present-day psychologists, psychiatrists, and psychotherapists believe contrary to, what's that guy's name, Sigmund Freud, that you can transcend your childhood. You need not be what your parents have made you. 
That's good news. Now, parents, I'm not here to ever knock you. You've you, you done your best and you've done good. However, today we know a lot more. And today we find out that certain things need to be. And, but the thing is, what I'm trying to say is we've developed a mindset. we developed a way of thinking. we developed a perspective by our past. But we no longer have to live that way. The good news is we no longer have to live that way. The medical world is examining the possibility of change. Recently, cardiovascular researchers separated all of us into two types. Excuse me, type A and type B. Type A are the hardworking overachievers who are prone to die of heart attacks. And type B Type Bs go through life smelling the daisies, having fun, and enjoying the world, and they live longer. Amen. That's why you, you drive around now, you see a lot of long-haired, gray-haired guys. The hippie generation, they live in long. Now, instead of concentrating solely on methods of treatment for type As, we're no longer, the psychiatrists, psychologists, and all these brains are saying, let's not just treat As. That's not working but can we convert them to be a type B? They're, they're trying to find ways today to have conversion, to switch the thinking over, to change a person from a type A to a type B. No longer are they trying to just cure or treat a type A, but they're studying on how to convert to a type B. These are the greatest brains all over the world that are trying to find this way. Some educators are now suggesting that IQ is changeable. Put me on that list. That score that we achieved in primary grades might not be fixed at all. There are indications that IQ scores can be raised, that radical changes are possible. This is good news. I'm told, this writer here says, that in the Soviet Union, over the last few years, the number one graduate study subject is conversion. And not from a Christian or spiritual point of view, the Russian understand that the political significance of this whole field, the nation's able to change its citizens' values, motivations, goals, and lifestyles has the ultimate power beyond nuclear weapons. If you can convert what a person thinks, his lifestyle, his motivations, it's, it's powerful. And they're realizing this, and that's their number one study over there. Conversion is at the very center of biblical message, though. If you read this book here, the Bible, through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, the message is that it's never too late to change. That's good news. It's never too late to change. We've been knowing this since day one. God has put it here since day one. Since the Bible was written, the good news is that you could change. As long as you have breath, you can change. As long as you're alive, you can change. Don't give up. If we know anybody that is locked up in prison and they've been in and out numerous times, or you might have a husband that just don't want to pay to help raise the children, or don't give up. You can change. Amen? So it's never too late to change. Now I want to get into the message here. 
if I may. Jesus is walking into Jericho. He's entering into Jericho and his purpose is to walk through, to go heal Lazarus. And as he's walking, he's still doing good deeds. And it says there's a crowd there following him. There's a big crowd there, probably average height people. And it says that Zacchaeus was a short guy. And he couldn't see Jesus, but he wanted to see him, that he sought him out, that he was seeking to see him. But he couldn't see him because of the crowd was blocking his view. So he ran and he climbed into a sycamore tree. And in that area, they had what they called, it was sycamore olive trees. And they were real low and the branches hung real low to the ground. So this short man, was he seen that, hey, that tree, I'm capable of climbing it. The branches aren't too high. They're low enough for me to get a hold of and climb up. And so he did. And he climbed up this tree. And the fruit of these kind of trees were terrible. Nobody would eat them. Matter of fact, I'm surprised that this tree was even in the city of Jericho. And he climbs up this tree. And now Jesus is walking through. And there's crowds of people. Yet he spots Zacchaeus up in that tree. He spots the one little guy up in the tree. He don't spot, it, it doesn't say that he didn't spot any of the crowd. He might have, he might have not. But what it does say is that he recognized Zacchaeus. Amen? And Jesus came to the place and he looked up. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. This doesn't really explain too much. But if we're to kind of look into the word, you see, Zacchaeus sought out Jesus. He sought Jesus, and then Jesus went and ate with him. Jesus went into his house, and he ate with him. When we seek out Jesus, he'll come into our hearts, and he'll dine with us, the word says. Amen? And so Zacchaeus came down, and he went, and he had his his. His uh, uh, servants make him lunch. I'm sure it was a good lunch. I don't know what it was. Might have been enchiladas. Might have been chicken. Might have been hamburger. Might have been pasteles. Amen. I don't know, but I bet you it was really good. This guy, it said that he was very rich. And he had servants. And I don't think... This man would have had a lousy dinner or lunch prepared for Jesus. Okay? The word of Jesus had to have been traveling all over the place. Why else was there a crowd following Jesus? Why was there a crowd following Jesus? We need to think about this. He was doing a lot of good things. There was a feast happening at that time. Perhaps it was for the feast. But I, I understand people a little bit. Can I get real here today? Can we understand people. People are what basically? Greedy? Selfish? Self-seeking? When we go somewhere, why do we go? Most of the time. To get something for ourselves. When you hear that somebody's out turning fish into thousands and feeding people, when you hear that somebody's doing great things, when you hear Mariah Carey's in town, when you hear the 49ers are going to be playing and somebody's passing out tickets, when you hear that somebody has a lot of money, they just won the lotto, 
that might make you seek him out and want to follow him. Why was these crowds following Jesus? Why were they following Jesus? Why do we follow Jesus? Why do we come to church? Why do we why are we here today? Amen. So here somebody really wanted to seek Jesus out. Because we see that there was an immediate conversion in Zacchaeus. We see that he went from a type A to a type B as soon as he climbed out of the tree. He went from a greedy, selfish individual who was taxing his own people. Zacchaeus is a Jewish name. He was a Jew, and yet he was booking his own people. He was taxing his own people greatly. If you study where Jericho is, it's down on the bottom there right by the water. It's a very big commerce city. A lot of stuff is coming in and going out. Anybody that wanted to do business had to come through this town. And the tax collectors would put up a post. And anytime you wanted to come through, you had to pay them some money. You had to pay like a toll bridge, like the Dumbarton or, or the Golden Gate or the Bay Bridge. I don't like going to San Francisco. It costs too much money. But there in that town, if you wanted to do business, you had to pay the tax collector. You had to pay the tax collector. And this guy, he got a little bit off the top for himself. Matter of fact, he had became the chief tax collector. It says that he was very rich. So he was doing his own folks very bad. Very, very bad. To the point to where when Jesus said, come down, let's go eat, they were grumbling. They did not want to see Jesus eat at this man's house. Have anybody never wanted to see somebody's life change? When you heard that somebody's life changed, has that ever bothered you to where you mumbled and grumbled about him? To where you say, oh, no, 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 no. What's he doing going to church? Amen? But yet we see the conversion in Zacchaeus. Immediately he says that if I've done anybody wrong, I'll pay him back fourfold. That's nothing big. That was according to the law. He was just doing what he's supposed to have done. But then he got half of his money and said, I'll give away half. Now that is a change in heart from a greedy individual, type A, to becoming a giver, type B. To change like that to where you're no longer thinking of ourselves, but when we start thinking about others, that's conversion. That's a conversion. That's the change that Jesus Christ does in our lives when we seek him and allow him to dine with us. Amen? So here we're going to really see the picture is the crowd. The crowd. The crowd was blocking the view of a man that wanted to see Jesus Christ. The crowd was not allowing somebody who really wanted to see Jesus see him. Are we a crowd? When people come here to see Jesus, when people are walking on the street and they want to see Jesus because they're hearing that lives are changing. They're hearing that addicts don't have to be an addict no more. Mamas are hearing that their son have hope. Where is this church at? Where is this God at? Where is this Jesus at? When they look at us, are they going to be able to see that I could go to him and see Jesus? Or are we blocking their view of Jesus? We got to be people that when they come to us, we don't block the view. We got to not be a hater of people. But we got to be a people that we say, hey, he's this way. He's this way. We got to help people see Jesus. We got to be a, 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 a conductor 
of conversion. But this crowd was not operating in that manner. This crowd was blocking people's view that wanted to find Jesus Christ. So we need to know that if we have any issues that might be blocking, that might be stopping, that God can change that in our lives today. If we have any issues that might not allow the love of Christ to flow freely from ourselves to those that might be seeking him, that we can change today. We got to know that conversion can be done. Here it seems like immediate conversion happened that day. It seemed like immediately he converted. Back in the day, not me, honey, not me, but one of my favorite lines was, do you believe in love at first sight? I do. And, but in reality, I don't know if that really happens. You see, I got to experience the birth of my granddaughter uh, last month, and man, she came out quick. She came out quick. It was like, there's the hair, there's the head, and bam, wham. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I, I had to go sit down and process it. <laughs> you know, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, and, and I mean, you know, and, and uh, it was boom, you're a granddaddy like that. And a beautiful baby. Okay? The birth came about in, in a couple of hours. Yet she was carrying this baby for nine months. She was carrying this baby for nine months. Something was happening inside for nine months. Something was changing for nine months. Something was developing for nine months. Something was growing for nine months. The birth might have only took a second or a few minutes, maybe an eternity. I mean, and, but it, something was going on for nine months. I don't know what happened to Zechariah. We see that the change happened pretty quick. But what might have been happening to this man over time, he knew that he was doing his people wrong. He knew that he, he, he was being bad. Immediately, he wanted to pay back. Immediately, there was a transformation in his life and a conversion that is very, 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 very uh, 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 big. But I don't think it all happened there at once. It could have. It could have. And there's stuff that's happening in all of our lives that takes time. That takes time, a process of conversion, a process of change that's happening. And then the birth may come. But what I'm trying to say today is there's people that we don't see anything happening. There's people that want to be changed. There's people that want to be converted. But don't look on the outside and think that nothing's happening in the inside. Do not give up. As long as there's breath, there is hope. Do not think that nothing has happened inside the heart and minds of individuals that outside would might appear that they're a cruel individual like Zacchaeus was. Because you know what? When Jesus takes notice, when they seek Jesus out, they can give birth like that. Change can happen like that. They can go from a selfish individual to a giver. They can go from a selfish individual to a giver. This man didn't let his small stature hold him back. This man, he, he must have had a little agility because he climbed that tree. He didn't let what people might think about him stop him. He didn't let that he had a position and wealth and all this make him stop. He didn't care what people thought. 
He sought out Jesus. If it meant climbing up a tree because the people in the crowd weren't going to help him, that he would go ahead and climb a tree and find Jesus Christ. But here in this church, here in Victory Outreach, we're not going to be like that crowd. Here in Victory Outreach, we don't want to be like that crowd. We don't want to be where we block people's views. When people come into this church house, we don't want them to not be able to see Jesus Christ. But we want them to be able to see Jesus Christ. We want them to see us and see Jesus Christ. We want them to see us and see branches hanging low enough that they can come whew, and climb upon us. We got to be the tree. We got to be the tree. We can't be the crowd. We got to be like a tree. We got to have branches low enough. We got to have branches strong enough that when people see us, they say, hey, I can go climb up that tree and see this Jesus Christ that I've been hearing about. I can see the Jesus Christ that is changing lives. I can see the Jesus Christ that is turning people from selfish individuals to givers. I can see the Jesus Christ that is setting captives free. I'm seeing the Jesus Christ where people that did not dance can now dance in the name of Jesus. I can see the Jesus Christ where people that wouldn't run now could run. I could sing. I could run. I could dance for Jesus. They're going to come and they can see you and say, hey, I could go to that individual and that individual will lift me up past anything that's blocking my view and I could see Jesus Christ because that individual looks like a tree that I could climb upon and what are you with me are you with me you see so what is stopping us from being trees I believe this whole church is full of trees I believe we all have it in us to be where people can come and know that if I go to you, and if I go to you, and if I go to you, I could find Jesus Christ. If I go to you, I could see this Jesus that I'm hearing about. You know what? Because so long things have been happening in my heart, and so long things have been happening in my mind. I'm ready for a change. I don't want to live like that no more. I don't want to be bound no more by the way I was taught, by the way the neighborhood taught me, by the way that my parents taught me by the way that I was taught wrong. I don't want to be bound by like, like that no more. I want to be free and I see you and I know I could come to you and I know I can come and that you'll lift me up and I can see Jesus Christ. Amen. Deliverance and conversion today all across the world they're trying to find a way to produce this because they know the value of conversion from one way of thinking to another. But we have the answer here today. And we're able to be advocates of this. We don't have to be no scientists or psychologists or psychiatrists. We only have to be willing. We only have to make ourselves available to Jesus. We only have to allow him to conduct himself through us. We only have to allow him to build our character, to remove stuff in our lives, to make our branches strong. What are our branches? We need to have love flow through us. It's love that will raise up people. It's love that will let people know about Jesus Christ. It's love. It's affirmation. When people come, and they might have been a terrible person like Zacchaeus. They might have been the worst of all bad. They might have been terrible individuals. They need to come in here, and we shouldn't be mad-dogging them. 
We shouldn't be pushing them out. We shouldn't be murmuring and complaining. But we should be here, come on, let me be your branch. Let me lift you up. Let me show you Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's not just look for the square type individuals in those, uh, what are they called, tight suits today? Skinny jeans. You know, people that disciple me, they say, Greg, you need to get with the times. Uh, you're going to get left behind. Because uh, they, 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 they tell me that they had to break the news that the school I grew up in died a long time ago. This is a new era, and, and I like a lot of it. I like a lot of it. I'm catching up with the technical, technical uh, things and stuff like that, but I can't wear those suits. <laughs> Not going to wear those shoes either, okay? Some things have to stay the same. <laughs> Not going to go all new school, but I like some of it, amen? I'll, I'll come here, but I'm bringing my shoes with me. Hallelujah. Are we getting anything today? This message isn't just for the lost that are going to be coming to our church. This message isn't only for the, those that need Jesus Christ out there in the world. It's not all about us. And it's not all about this church. The church house is only a place where we come to get revived, restored, refreshed, to get a new Rima from God direction to go out there back to the battlefield. The battlefield is out there. The battlefield is out there. And there's a lot of souls out there dying. There's a lot of souls in need that need to find Jesus Christ. They need to hear first. I believe before they started following, uh, uh, the crowd started following Jesus or Zacchaeus sought him out, he heard about what he was doing first. And so we got to go out there and we got to spread the word that Jesus Christ is alive and that he's doing miracles. And we got to go out there and tell people the testimonies. You know, we don't have to know all the, the Bible terminologies and stuff, but all we got to know is that Jesus Christ came in our life and he changed it. That I used to be this and I used to be that, but no longer. And it don't matter. Don't matter if you were a drug addict or not. Doesn't matter if you were a convict or not. But every one of us know what it is to be lonely. And every one of us know what it is to be miserable. And that's a common thread because there's a void in our life. But ever since we got Jesus Christ, we're no longer empty. No longer, uh, 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 we, we, we are no longer lost. And we're no longer bound. And that, that message needs to go out there. And then we also got to be out there as branches. Because once they start hearing the word and hearing the message that Jesus Christ is alive and that he's converting lives, they're going to come and they need to see people that aren't going to judge them that aren't going to uh, push them away or block the view of Jesus Christ. But we have to be there available. We have to be there willing to be branches and to let people climb on us to see Jesus Christ. But this is going to take a lot of work. And when they come in here to the church house, you know, see, there has to be discipleship going on. They have to see people that if I go to them, they're going to steer me straight, and they're going to educate me, and they're going to they're uh, teach me on how to be not only saved but a victorious Christian. And so these branches that we have to develop and allow God to strengthen will be patience, will be love. If we look inside 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to, what is it, 7 or 8, beginning in 7, you'll see what our branches have to be. Because to allow somebody to come, to put ourselves aside and to put others ahead 
You see, a lot of times we'll start looking at our clocks because I have something else to do. The 49ers game is today, right? What time is the Niners game? Yeah, I don't even know. 12. You <laughs> Felicia knows. But she's, she's from San Francisco. But Felicia does a lot of work too here. Felicia does a lot of work here. Felicia allows herself to be a tree. You see? Huh? Take my time. Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Raider fan. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I get some coffee, please? <laughs> Amen. Branches. We need to allow our branches to be de developed. We got to go ahead and put aside uh, events or occasions for others. You see? Um, a long time ago, I was taught the, the difference between a friend and an acquaintance. And one said that an acquaintance you go ahead and have coffee with and, and dinner and, and, and you spend some time with them. But if an event came upon, like let's say a tickets to the Raiders game, that you'll call that acquaintance and tell them I can't make that meeting. You see, you'll break an appointment with acquaintance for an event, for something that you want to do. But a friend, you won't break the appointment. You see, you not go to the event. You place that individual above an event. And you see, we need to be friends of the world. We need to take on God's mission. God so the world. He, he didn't just want to be acquaintance. Okay? He wants to be everybody's friend. And so we have to put people ahead of our events. We have to not uh, be so caught up in what we want to do. And that, that's what will produce low-hanging branches, is when people will see that you'll take the time for them. You see, if, if an individual was to come and see that we won't spend no time for them, we'll be like a crowd. They won't be able to see Jesus through you. But if they see that you're willing to spend time with them, that you're open, matter of fact, that you're standing there amongst a crowd just waiting for somebody to climb up and see Jesus, okay? This is how we have to be to where they know that we place value upon them, that we're not really concerned of their past, that we're not really concerned of what they've done in the past, that we're not sitting in God's seat of judgment, but that we're sitting there as a vessel for God's honor. Amen? What else besides patient? Don't get jealous. Love never envies. Love never boasts. Individuals are going to come in here, you know, and they're going to rise up and they're going to go do great things. Let's help them. Let's be Barnabases. Let's help them. We need to raise up more Willie Youngs, Pastor Willie Youngs. We need to raise up more Pastor Darrells. We need to raise up more Pastor Christians. But it means that there has to be trees here that are established and planted like the tree in Jericho that says, come on, I'm not out for myself. I'm not out. I'm not going to get jealous if you rise up. I want to see you find Jesus. I want to see you find fame. I don't care if they don't name me, Zacchaeus. I don't mind that it names only you. It don't mention nobody else in the crowd but Zacchaeus. We never get envious and we never get boastful. Let's not get irritated or resentful. However, verse 6 of 
1 Corinthians 13 says that we don't rejoice in wrongdoing, but we rejoice with the truth. We got to really experience when my grandbaby was born, and this is, I'm up here, and if you were up here, you'd be boasting about your grandchildren. So I'll stand proxy and boast for all of us grandparents. When you see your grandchild, what do you do? Those mamas here that have had a baby and you look at the beautiful baby that you carried for nine months inside of you, what do you do? It's beautiful, isn't it? It's beautiful. You rejoice. I mean, if that, to me, the, the prettiest face in the world is that of a woman that's carrying a baby. To me, I see the glow of God upon her face because somehow it's spiritual. Somehow the connection there is very spiritual. And the, the glow on her face is beautiful. If I was able to see the countenance of somebody that was just full of the Holy Spirit, the, the, uh, something similar would be that of a woman carrying a baby because she knows something's happening. And we need to be these mothers also. We need to be these uh, midwives, so to speak. We need to learn to rejoice that there's a birth happening. We need to rejoice that there's a life being changed. We need to learn to rejoice in other successes. Amen? You guys are a good-looking crowd. Amen. So these are the branches that we have to have. You know, I, I really thank Pastor Esteban and, and Sister Chela uh, for taking over the, the baton here and taking the, the ship of Victor Outreach Heart of the Bay over. And, uh, and, and, and from father, mother to them, uh, it's been nothing less than uh, a great honor for me to be here in Hayward. And where, where we're going, I'm excited. I'm excited. Not only are they the pastors for today, but they're futuristic. They're, they're futuristic. They're, they're going to take us to a whole new level. This is right on. 2013, we're going to see an explosion here in Victory Outreach. We're going to see an explosion here. And we all get to be a part of this explosion. I believe that we're beginning to get near to the end times. I believe that we're what they call the birth pains of the end times. You know, we, we're not going to escape everything, but I believe what we're experiencing today is the beginning of the end times. And I really, really appreci appreciate our assistant pastor, Toby Flanagan, okay? He don't, he don't have the title yet, but he's operating in the, in the area. And, and we're all told that if you're called to do something, don't wait till you get the title to start behaving in that area, but to start doing it now. He's been doing a great job. Been doing a great job. Been doing a great job. And so here we are, we're in 2013, and we're going to experience an explosion here like never before. We're going to see preachers and evangelists right here, right here, right here. These guys are going to be bad, man. <laughs> These guys are going to be tough, okay? I'm talking world conference level. However, however, that should never be our ambition, that I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. We should always do things carefully for his honor. But if you're called and if you've been set aside, it's time for us to start walking in our calling. 
it's time for us to start utilizing that the power that God has given us, that Acts 1.8 says. It's time for us to start walking in the gifting that God has given us. It's time for us to be advocates for, for salvation, to help build this kingdom of God here on earth. It's time for us to be witnesses all across the world. It's time for us to behave in this manner when people look at us, that they'll see Jesus Christ, that they'll see a difference in us than the world, that they won't see selfish individuals. They won't see ambitious individuals. They won't see self-seeking individuals, but they'll see people that are filled with the love of God, that they'll see people whose lives have changed. They'll see people that they'll say, hey, there's hope for me. There's hope for my child. There's hope for my husband. There's hope for my wife. There's hope for my children. There's hope for my school. There's hope for my neighborhood. There's hope for this world because look at the lives that are being changed and we need to be available to where they could see the change in us. Don't be afraid to allow the love of God to shine through you. Don't be embarrassed to tell people God bless you. Don't be afraid to share your testimony. Don't be afraid to be the only tree in the road. Don't be afraid that all the crowd is going this way and blocking Jesus, that you'll stand up and let people see Jesus. Don't be afraid, but have courage. Today, 2013, it's time for us to be not a tree, but an orchard, an orchard, a forest, a jungle of trees. Together, we need to unite. God's coming back for one body, one family, one... We. Pastor Esteban has been tearing down walls with other churches. We've been networking with other churches. I love it. I love it. Separation is not of God. Unity and harmony is of God. God loves all of us. And his job cannot come to pass. His purpose for us, why he created us, cannot come to pass until we come together. Not just here in Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay, but with all the other Christians in the world. And if we have a chance to influence them, not to get into a doctrinal debate, not to get in an argument where I know more about the Bible than you. But can I invite you over here, maybe to another church, to another event. Hey, let's go witness to this person. Let's go pray to this person. Let's unite and work together. Because the whole thing is, is we need to be trees for a hurting, dying world. Amen? Hallelujah. So here we see Zacchaeus, a tax collector, a chief tax collector, a rich tax collector, a short man who goes and climbs up a tree to see Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus spot him out? How come Jesus didn't spot out the crowd? How come? It says here in verse 9, it says, Salvation has come to the house since he also is the son of Abraham. Was it predestined? Was it because of inheritance and lineage? Because he was in the line of Abraham in order for prophecy to be completed? Why did Jesus take notice of him? and not the crowd. Or did he take notice of the crowd? Okay? Theologians, how you say it? Theologians? Theo, God, logians, study. Theologians. Theologians will have all kinds of different uh, 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 beliefs on why uh, Jesus 
recognize the chiropractor. Okay? Well, I'm not a theologian. Thank God. Okay? I like to put work in. I like to lift my sleeves up. I like to get dirty. I like going through the streets. I like telling other people about God. I like to encourage mothers that, hey, don't give up praying for your son. Don't give up praying for your son. I'm a product of a mother that has camel knees. Okay? I'm a product of a mother that didn't stop praying. Don't give up on your children. Don't give up on nobody. I like rolling up my sleeves. Pastor Steve would say, you know what happens when you get a room full of theologians? Theologians? Nothing, he would say. You get nothing done. But we still have a need for them. They still deserve their honor. But here, let's maybe take a cruise down this avenue, if you will, with me. Perhaps it was that Zacchaeus finally had enough. Perhaps Zacchaeus was ready and open to receive Jesus Christ. Perhaps Zacchaeus was ready. All through the Bible, you'll see other people that come to Jesus. How can I see the kingdom of God? How can I this? How can I that? And he tells them that you're not worthy, that you can't. The chapter right before this, in chapter 18, it says a certain young ruler came to him. And Jesus told him to keep the commandments. And that ruler said, that's easy. I've been doing that since I was a child. This was a good man. How many people here have kept the commandments since you're a kid? Good, you're honest. You're honest. And none of us kept all the commandments since we were little. Okay? This was a really good guy. And then Jesus said to go sell everything and give it to the poor. And this guy couldn't do it. This guy couldn't do it. And yet here Zacchaeus gives away everything. What made Jesus recognize Zacchaeus? What was it? Was he ready? Was he open? Did he want change in his life? Amen? He might, I think, I believe that Zacchaeus was ready. He was tired. He didn't like being burdened. He probably was lonely. He was a little guy. He had, he had things that made people look down on him. Okay? Even without what he was doing to his own people. Even without taxing his own people. Even without stealing from people. He had physical defects or things that made him different. But you know when you come to Jesus Christ, he don't care about none of that. When you come to Jesus Christ, he still recognizes the short man. You see, to him, he was tall that day. And perhaps it was the loneliness because Zacchaeus had to be very lonely. He probably had a deep void in his life that money could not fill, that nothing else can fill but Jesus Christ. And he probably heard a lot about Jesus Christ and he sought him out. I guarantee you that that day when salvation came to Zacchaeus' house, he was no longer lonely. And because of his choice of receiving Jesus into his home, into his heart, his whole household was saved. His choice that day not only affected him, but affected his whole household. And I believe today God wants us all to make choices. He wants us to make choices that will leave us no longer empty, no longer void, no longer.
We are called Victory Outreach. He wants us all to know how to have victory. He wants us all to remove anything and to have this change from type A to type B conversion in our lives. In every area of our lives, not only in salvation. If those that hear that don't know Jesus Christ and have a void in their life. And you understand the loneliness that I'm talking about. And you understand that you have differences and perhaps you might feel that people don't receive you or accept you. And you have a need to be accepted. Jesus Christ rejects no one. Jesus Christ accepts everyone. In the same way that Jesus Christ ate with Zacchaeus that day, Jesus Christ is telling you to come out of the tree. Come down. Come, I want to dine with you. Come, I want to eat with you. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, he's the answer. He's the way. He's what will convert and make all the changes necessary. And if you do know Jesus Christ, what he's saying is, please, don't be like most of the people that follow me. Don't be like the crowd, but be like the tree that stood alone, if you have to. To allow yourself to be used to lift people up to see me. Allow yourself to be a branch. Allow yourself to be that pure gold Pastor Esteban preached on the other day to allow me to conduct my love through you. Be patient with people. Be kind. Be generous. Don't be jealous. Don't be envious and don't be boastful. But allow your branches to hang low, Jesus wants from all of us, so that people will come and they'll know they could go to you to see Jesus Christ. If you want to be a tree, and if you want to be used by Jesus Christ, this altar is open. And if you don't know Jesus Christ and you want to have that void in your life filled, and if you want that emptiness filled, and if you want a true friend, a friend that will never reject you, a friend that will always love you and encourage you, a friend that won't put you down because of your past, these altars are open. Then those of us that have been bound by a way of thinking, those of us that have a certain way of seeing things from our past, that we want to change, that I'm having a hard time loving somebody. I'm having a hard time loving the brother next to me. I'm having a hard time loving the sister next to me. These altars are open. These altars are open. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.